fuck a duck. <laughs> Speechless, with nothing to say. We're doing a drinking game. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're listening to Sass No. <laughs> and I was full scale, like 22, and I was like, yup, cradle snatching, Auckland Zoo missing their cougar. You're in the hot seat. Oh, fire round. If someone doesn't want to be with you, why would you want to be with them? Welcome back to another episode of Sass with Cass. All right, guys, welcome back to Sass with Cass. Welcome back to Sass with Cass. Welcome back to Sass with Cass, everybody. Thank you for listening and for your support. Uh, I'm not alone. Today, I welcome not only guests, but also friend Kennedy Anderson. Hey, hey. Ken is the creative director at Colab slash Glass Elephant. He also launched The Whitening Co., which I'm sure a lot of you will be very familiar with. His skills include and are not limited to photography, creative concept, being a boss. He even studied design and he is also a newfound TV star. Um, Ken, to me, you're someone who ambition is in your blood. Ideas come to you easier than drinking water. But one thing that really stands out to me about you and always has is that you're incredibly um, encouraging of other people and you really want to see other people succeed and lift others up yeah, around you. So absolutely. I love that about you. Thanks. Yeah. I, and I really do see that in you as well, which is quite a cool thing. And I'm glad that that's how we've kind of managed to connect yes. over the, over the last couple of years because of that. I think in New Zealand, we just don't have the room to be like that against <laughs> each other. Like we're like, you can throw a rock and hit 10 friends, you know, you know, True, so yes. I, yeah, I'm really all about it. I think there's so much room to grow globally and I really love seeing New Zealanders take the world. And so if we can help each other out, get there, all about it. Like let's do it love together. It. No, I totally see that in you. And thank you for being here and taking the Thanks space. for having me. I'm very excited. Oh my gosh. You had lots and lots and lots of questions. So basically what I've done is because you had so many, I've streamed it into our conversation points and then cool. we'll also have some at the end. Yay. Um, but basically give us a tiny bit of an introduction about yourself. What's your star sign? That's really important here on SAS. Right. Okay. Uh, a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah. Epic. Okay, cool. So Actually, my star sign is Scorpio. I've oh, a, he's got a tattoo! Got a little Scorpio tattoo on my um, Scorpion tattoo on my arm. I love that. Yeah, I've only recently kind of got into it. Honestly, mm. probably I'd say oh, before I moved to Auckland, I was I'm from South Auckland, right. right? So it was very much like there's more sheep than people. Yeah, I didn't really fit, <laughs> I didn't really fit in completely there. Never really kind of clicked why, but um, didn't really always fit in back home. But that was okay. I loved it there. It's still a great place to kind of come from, and it's really taught me a few things going forward. But once I got to the city. I started to dive into more of this kind of thing where it yeah. was like, hold on, you can express yourself. You can be into what the stars look like at a certain time of the day. Totally. Like that, that's really cool. So yeah, no, I got, I got into um, star signs a little bit um, primarily because me and my partner, Ollie are so different, but so similar. And I was like, mm. come on, there's gotta be something here. He's a Virgo. So mm. Ollie is. Oh my God, really? Scorpios and Virgos are like um, one of the like classic Crazy couples. A. Yeah. So I didn't really expect that because there's so much about us that is so different. Wow. But then like, behind closed doors we're like the same person we like yeah yeah he like ends up adopting a lot of my personalities and vice mm. versa like he gives off this vibe of being like really kind and amazing and he is he's an amazing human but behind closed doors sassy little bastard wow. and i love it and i'm like that's yes this, yes. Is, this is why we're together so um no that was really cool yeah scorpios and virgos he's very like to the book yeah itineraries like for everything organized so organized yeah. so clean so, like <laughs> honestly like almost to the point of verging on like okay yeah. whoa um and then i'm i'm a pretty organized person myself but like all over the place at the all same time the like i yeah. have i'm doing so many things at once which makes it quite hard to be organized and so totally. having that balance in life coming home at the end of the day and he's like got everything sorted is like mm. oh icing on the cake yeah it's it's right there so star sign scorpio um, I quite like it. I quite like that everyone kind of looks at you like, oh, yeah, Scorpio. Like, little, devil, little devil horns <laughs> little underneath devil there. Horns, yeah, totally. Um, I definitely adopt that, but no, I know deep down that kindness is in my blood. So yes. um, it's, a, it's a fun sign to play with. Scorpios have a great sense of humour. Oh, do they? Yeah. Is that like, a thing? Yeah, like you're always like, every Scorpio I know is quite funny. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Well, we'll take that. It's kind we'll of like a dark that. sense of yeah. humour sometimes. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll, let's roll with it. I love that's a funny. dark sense of humour. Good. Okay, sweet. Well, yeah. we're, on, we're on the we're, right show. We're on the right track. Um, I was wondering, I was like, gosh, when did we meet? Like part of me feels like I've known you for quite a, quite while. a while. Like I can't. I'm trying to pin the first time. Definitely through Instagram. Definitely through Instagram. And we have a lot of mutual friends like yeah. Liv, Aisha. Yeah, heaps. Quite a few. Quite yeah, a few. Quite a few. ETC, ETC. Great girls. Um, I think I probably would have met you either through them or through at an event or some yeah. sort, um, photographing you. 
how um because look at you so hey, it's so easy hey. to photograph um but yeah no it would have been a couple of couple of years back now i've yeah. been following you for a very long time i Likewise. think oh i know the first time i heard about you was through jade oh wow when, yeah because she was a good friend of mine she wow. she managed me at helenstein so we've yes. been friends for ages and then she was your trainer oh my god wow small and she world. was telling me she was like actually oh, yes and used to shoot for infinite yes, yes i remember that and yes. she mentioned you too oh yeah. there we go there we so, go yeah that's talking like three three four years ago now yeah Exactly. We go back a long time. Hard up. Um, so right before we jumped on, this is me jumping around a bit, but you were yeah. having a really, really interesting chat about The Apprentice NZ. And I think people who are like tuning in, listening to this, this probably a decent chunk might be coming from that arena. Yeah, totally. I am midway through the third episode where you're in Hamilton. <gasps> and I was like, it's a hectic episode. Oh my God. He's really in his strength. Like I knew I was hoping you'd be kind of like in charge when they're talking about the social stuff. Yeah. I know that's your thing. My question is like, Okay, is it scripted? Absolutely not. And I can hand okay. on heart say that. The only part that was scripted is, um, and I hope I'm okay to say this from TVNZ, sorry guys, is <laughs> uh, like Mike Perro's lines more than right. anything. Oh, yeah. So in the yeah. boardroom, just to make sure that he Mike can, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fired us. <laughs> or did he? Um, so, no, the, the idea behind that was that he has to obviously make sure he says the right things um, and covers all grounds as far as what we need to talk about. But other than that, I couldn't believe how raw and real it was. I was going okay. on. Like, honestly, probably 30% of the reason I went on was to just see what was like, how it all works. Mm. I was so interested to see how reality TV works mm. and so real, so raw, wow. all emotions. The only thing is like the situation that you get put in with no contact to the outside world. The food is given to you. Yeah. Alcohol is given to you at certain times. You've woken up at random times. Like they control yeah. your environment. And so wow. it's not scripted in, per se, but it's definitely like... It's an environment adjust, which means that they can get like quite raw emotions out of you mm. because you're in a, your, your world's flipped. And I found that really interesting. I was quite, it was quite cool to see they put you under pressure, you know, and that yeah. it's, it's to see how you react under pressure. And that's a really important part of business. So it was, how, yeah. So it was quite cool to see how, how all that works. But you'll see in the end when you finish episode three, yeah. it's a, yeah, it's a doozy. How long did you film for? Um, the entire production was over seven weeks. Um, yeah. I can't say how long, obviously I was there for. Oh, um, right, right. Yes. Yeah. Because of, because of just timings wise, but you know, the whole production was over seven weeks and there was a brief break in the middle, um, where we had a COVID lockdown. Are you kidding? No, we had that last, that really last week COVID lockdown. Oh my God. Yeah. It happened right in the middle of episode two. And so, <gasps> and so like, no one noticed it, but episode two is like half and half. It's actually, no way. yeah, it's after the lockdown break and we just pretended like nothing had happened. And did you have to stay under those situations of like reality TV, no contact to the outside world? Pretty much. We actually were allowed to go home, mm. um, which not many people know, but we were pretty much like in hiding. Really. Right. Because it had to be fair, right? We had yeah. to, there's a cash prize at the end of it. They had to make this all fair for everyone involved. And yeah. that pretty much meant let's just stay undercover. Mm. Um, and let's and it was it was easy. It was kinda like mm. it was locked down, right? So we all just True. Hit, hit away You're and in the pretended right environment. To, yeah, and when everyone kinda everyone who was close to you knew that you were going away for something. We obviously didn't tell them what for. So I was already technically away. I didn't really need to come back. So yeah, yeah. That, that was a hectic time. We even had to get our like haircuts cut the exact same wow. like, as we were coming back in just in case our hair grew a different way like because they needed to make the episode look flawless which they Holy did an amazing moly. job at. yeah it was crazy it was very impressive so yeah filmed for seven weeks um total amazing like what an environment crazy but very very happy to come home like at the end of it you're just like whoa that was that was hectic that was a really big journey emotionally physically just always being on it mm. didn't feel like a holiday like I had to come mm. back to work being like holy like that was a that was a big big shift but yeah. really glad I did it massive challenge coming out of it and where you are right now like how are you mentally is there anything any strategies around that how yeah. is the reaction with audiences I guess I'm I'm totally cool um it's definitely been a bit more challenging than I first thought which I'm okay with as well yeah. I like putting myself out there in these situations to then yeah I guess deal with it and see how you do react mm. um both of us want to be higher performers in life and yeah. to do that you've really got to push your boundaries and so this is doing that watching myself on screen at the exact same time as the rest of the nation mm. is quite challenging like you don't get to watch it ahead of time right and so right. not that you could change anything anyway but knowing that at the exact same time you see something cringe the whole of New Zealand does as well was really hard and I'm like learning to adjust with that but overall I feel really good I'm super lucky that I think I come from 
a similar industry to all of this and so mm, it didn't it didn't did. it didn't work or phase me as much as I thought it was going to or as much as it did for some people um but like I said TVNZ are pretty amazing with that and they actually offer you three free therapy after wow. it to kind of help you get readjust back into the real world and make sure that you're on track to be still wow. you yeah it's very cool they definitely do take care of you how long do you get that therapy for? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like as long as you need. No yeah. way. Yeah, that's they, really I, sick. You can just get in contact with them, especially while the show's on in particular. Yeah. Um, and they just book in those meetings over Zoom just like that really mm. quickly. They're, they obviously know how intense this environment can be. Mm. I think we're quite lucky that ours was specifically around business. Mm. Um, so it allowed for not too, like definitely emotions were involved and it's a drama filled show, but mm. something like The Bachelor or something like that where they genuinely toy with your feelings, I can't imagine how hard that would be. So they know, mm. you know, they, they get the gist of how hard it could be. There we go. How much of it do we not see? A lot. Yeah. I was so surprised by yeah, that. Yeah. A little bit gutted actually, because really? I was like, so each um, episode takes about three days to film. On, mm. on average. Oh, wow. And so and someone down to 45 minutes. 45 minutes yeah. is three days. And we're talking like 12-hour days filming. Oh. So like it was pretty hectic. It's, it, it does a little bit gut and I'm like, oh, there was that cool moment that yeah. that didn't kind of come through. But at the same time, these guys are the professionals. They know what's probably actually fun to watch. True. And I'm sitting there like not really knowing what's going to happen either the whole time. So yeah. I'm, I'm really stoked with how the whole production and the outlook of it is because it's so high quality. I'm sitting mm. there the whole time being like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah. No, it's really cool. Can I ask you? You don't have to answer. Yeah. Do you get paid to go on? I'm pretty sure I can answer that. We got paid per DMs. So we got paid like, ah, okay. Like li- I guess like a living cost yeah. to pretty much be able to survive while you're there. Um, But no, we didn't personally make money because the end goal was gotcha. to make the prize. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So going out of our amazing apprentice, apprentice life, um, we have lots of questions from Everyone who wants to know exactly how a brain like yours works, including myself, oh, where are you currently at? Like, what's a day look like for Kennedy Anderson currently? Oh, every day is so different. Yeah. Like with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very lucky in the sense that because I am a director of Glass Elephant and Colab, I my days can be quite flexible, which mm-hmm. is great. I get to kind of target my days around what we think is going to be best for not just glass elephant the brand but also my personal brand yeah um and they're really accommodating towards that which is epic they understand that me building this is going to be beneficial for the company so Mm. it does pick and change i've got um a lot of what i do at the moment is if i'm working at home i'm usually building brands so Mm. a big part of my job as creative director at colab is to build global e-commerce brands at the moment Mm. um and we're pumping them out like crazy our goal is to have a global network a global e-commerce growth solution that we can pretty much design and pump out a brand internally take it to market blow it up and then sell it wow all without having to have a client like it's all based on our brains and what we know is best practice and then doing that and so my job at the moment is that very front end part i get to build the brands Mm. i love it it's my entire passion and i hope that one day that's what I'll be known for. Mm. Not so much being on reality TV, but more so, um, and this is really going to help that, I guess, is known for, yeah, building global brands would be my mm. creme de la creme. Amazing. Yeah. Do you think, like, I feel like I'm putting you through a job interview. No, go. What, I love it. Uh, what are kind of like your greatest skills or the skills that you really noticed like starting to shine as you were growing up maybe like in your teenage years did you start to feel like a little bit different from the pack or definitely so what are your skills and also like combining that into like um did you know you always wanted to do this not at all it's a weird job like not a weird job I just think I don't think many people think at uni I want to be a creative director or school sorry I should say like it's not something that I personally even knew really about Mm. um but I knew that I was different I didn't fit into those categories as far as even just as a person but also when it came to like choosing a job or like a um career path Mm. I was always a bit confused about that part I was a creative by trade everything I did in school was that's how I got into uni was everything creative photography uh led that Mm. um and design and so I kind of knew I wanted to do something like that but I also had this huge passion for business. I saw both my parents owned businesses themselves. Okay, yeah. And I saw how much I loved that and it really got me going, except I failed business twice, two years <gasps> in a row. I know, I got ungraded, which is just, it, it's a, they just don't give you a grade. <laughs> yeah, like pretty bad. I and love so it. that kind of put a, I put a little 
sorry, I put a little damper in our business plan, I guess. Um, <laughs> da- Dad's kind of like, okay, so that's not that. <laughs> um, and we moved on. And so I took, I went to uni and, and applied to be an industrial designer by trade, um, which is like a product designer, I guess. Mm. Um, loved it. Was really cool. Definitely got my motor running, but something was missing. Um, and I found this minor paper at AUT and props to AUT for offering things like this. Cause wow, what a great place. Mm. Um, I saw this paper called creative entrepreneurship and I said, I was like, Whoa, that's like entrepreneur business vibes, but creative. I didn't know that was a thing. Wow. Took the paper and was like, okay, this, is, th- this is it. This is it. And so cool. I finally had that light bulb moment to be yeah. like, wow, it's, there is something that where you can merge the two. Don't just yeah. settle for a BCom business paper. If you don't have to, you know, like let's mm-hmm. learn. Um, pretty quickly into that paper, it inspired me to start CoLab. Mm. Um, and that was midway through year two at uni. Um, How old were you? I was 19. Wow. Yeah, which is hectic. And um, CoLab started to take off. And I asked my dad if I could take a gap year at uni. And he pretty much was like, no. Um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> what are you doing? And I continued to do CoLab anyway. And mm-hmm. it started to really affect everything else because it took all my attention and I was like, look, dad, we've just got to try one gap year. He agreed to that and um, we haven't been back. <laughs> so um, that went really well. The gap year is still going. Um, a gap career, A gap career, yeah, yeah. So no, that was pretty much how it all happened. AUT definitely helped me find that that source, but I didn't need to finish the degree to do so. Mm, incredible. Yeah, I love so that excited. story. Love being a dropout. Love being a dropout. I So you're basically essentially a boss. You're in charge. Yes, I am in um, charge sometimes. Do you... What's the biggest misconception with around being a boss? Oh, love that question. Yeah. Um, it actually comes out a bit on the show as well. Mm. Um, I learnt, I've learned from quite a few people around me. I've got some amazing mentors and that I pretty quickly figured out that business is rough. Business mm. was like pretty cutthroat, pretty hard out. And I was pretty soft. Mm. Like, I'm, um, sorry. <coughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, I'm a, like, yeah, quite a caring guy. And well, I like to think so anyway. And yeah. um, coming into this business world, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm completely ready to to be that cutthroat, to be that mean, to be that not considering of people's feelings. Like I just, I don't know. Mm. I, I, I just get quite emotional and quite attached to people um, and their feelings, et cetera. So what I quickly realized about that, it was that it just is about who you surround yourself with. Not every mentor says that. Mm. Um, and I learned some amazing things from this guy, Brad, who's one of my, one of my big dog mentors. And, um, he teaches about integrity and accountability and how there's a difference between being kind and being nice. Mm, and I really like that. And I've wow. really taken um, that in my stride as far as being a boss and that misconception around you have to be this guy, this guy, and like quite strict and quite there to make things work. Don't get me wrong. Like there's always parts of my life where I probably could be a bit stricter. Um, yeah, with my staff, especially <laughs> like the, for a little wee while there, it was like the staff were running me. <laughs> Liv's really good at that. <laughs> Shout out to Liv. Um, she asked a question, um, ask him what my birthday present is. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. There you go. So now she, she's always on. Going through the questions. Yeah, like Liv. Liv, I'm going to Queenstown for you, babe. You can settle down. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that it's pretty much that line is the difference between being, and being nice and being kind. And I think to explain that. To, to explain that is to be kind to someone is to somewhat tell them the truth at times. Like no matter how, no matter how hard it is, no matter like how constructive it is or whatever you need to do, a boss has to be kind and has to teach someone and walk them through it. Being nice sometimes leads someone down a path that they might have to figure out later and it might hurt them more. And I think even in like a relationship sense away from work, that's That's such good advice. Yeah, absolutely. And so he's taught me a lot. Like that's definitely been adapted into my personal life as well. But as far as being a boss, I suddenly felt this weight lifted off my shoulders that I was had to try and be someone mm. that I wasn't. I was like, hold on a minute, be the kind guy, be a be a boss, be a kind warrior. Totally. As um the advisor Cassie Roma on the show would say, she's a bit of a kindness warrior in yep. business as well, and I really resonated with that. I was like, sick. We can all be nice and be friendly mm. and be happy families as long as you're telling the truth to people. That's interesting that you used mentors massively. Really. Yeah. How, like sort of how many, how long did that go on for? Probably a lot more than um, the average, the average guy. That's um, really, really interesting. My brother is like super high up in property and he did the same thing. He always sings the praises of mentors. God, it changed my life. And wow. I, it, it, that's probably, if anyone asks on my Instagram stories, like about business, that's usually my biggest response is wow. like, find that. 
I've had, my dad was my biggest, my mum and my dad, sorry, but mainly my dad in business was my biggest mentor for a while. Definitely got me to that point um, where I needed to be, but didn't really understand the creative world. So mm. couldn't help me too much from there on out. And then it probably quick, uh, pretty quickly turned into um, Flight Digital Boys, Leon mm. and Victor at the time. Um, and then Victor kind of carried that through. Um, they really inspired me to kind of keep this agency going. And I had, I guess, good guidance. And then I thought I had it. I was like, sweet, I know what I'm doing. I'm Kennedy from CoLab. Like, we're sweet now. Here we go, That's baby. probably around the time that you met me as well. Like, yeah. it was very, I thought, all systems go. And it was. I was scaling pretty quickly. We were getting in a lot of clients. My team was growing, but I was making no profit. Ah. And so I was like, hold on a minute. I know how to be creative. I know how to work with people, but business is about money. Yeah. And I needed to figure out pretty quickly how to make this profitable. And that's one of the hardest things in business is to mm. make make profit at, at the end of the day. I don't know how to do that. And so Simon Phillips found me. We merged quite quickly into like mentorship slash I'm going to acquire 50% of your business collab and helped me make this profitable with Brad and now there's one more added to the pie, which is Matt Headland, who's our CEO of Glass Elephant. So I've got like these five guys in my life pretty much that have always been there to support me, to back me, and then to help validate my decisions because I need to make sure that you've got that soundboard. Mm. Not everything you think of all the time is perfect. Agree. And to be able to bounce those important questions and those deep ones off these people and just and they can tell it to you raw and honest because they're kind mm. and they want your best foot forward mm. and so they'll just tell you straight up it was pretty soul crushing at times like definitely hard but no way would I be here without any mentors not a chance and I don't like it when people pretend that they did it on their own like tell people so they can also do it yeah if I was to sit here on Instagram or, or, or on a podcast and say I did it like by doing all this it would just be such a lie because right. then people would try to do it and wouldn't be able to biggest piece of advice find mm. yourself a mentor that works in the field that you want mm. that you want to achieve in it's such a business lesson when you have that moment where you're like holy shit I can't do this by myself yeah it's a hard pill to swallow too and I had that and I thought I could and I had like a finger in every pot and you just end up so drained yep. and burnt out burnt out that's amazing advice from your perspective like you're talking about You've got this business, you're expanding XYZ. When do you know it's time to employ or it's time to expand for those listening who are maybe like start doing yeah. startups? I love that question. Um, I was, I'm a, such a people's person that mm. I always wanted to hire. Of course. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> let's bring them in. Like next, and especially when bring it was someone in. like cool, talented and exciting. I yeah. wanted them a part of the business before I even had a position available. Um, and so I had to, that was a big mental moment, like rain, rain that in. You're going <laughs> to lose. have to be paid. <laughs> yeah, you're going to lose all your money. Um, so, yeah, I, I figured that out pretty quickly with my mentors that that wasn't the case. Um, a big lesson I always learned was to have your pipeline fill, uh, sorry, full, but never employ straight away. So mm. it's, a, it's a really good lesson to learn to always be talking to people, always be out there engaging, communicating, networking with these people that are like-minded individuals so that when you do have a position available, it's there to fill because it's the hardest thing in the world trying to scale without having someone there ready to slot in. Yeah. So have that pipeline full. Never feel bad about it. Just be open and tell the people, hey, look, we don't have anything right now, but I actually am really serious about keeping you in the loop here um, if you're keen to kind of just stay in the loop. These people might be at other jobs, et cetera, but it's just yeah. have that communication. And I think that transparency around that really helped. Learning to scale and learning to hire was one of the hardest things I had to learn. Um, and it was pretty much, I don't know if that's good advice, but reach breaking point before you bring someone in. Right. So like push it to the steams. Like yeah. my team don't always love it when that happens because we are all systems like churning. Um, but it, you've got to stress test. You've got to see where your capacity is at. And nine times out of 10, when someone says they're at capacity, they're not. Mm. It's efficiencies and you've got to figure out, okay, sweet what's sucking up most of your time, including myself, what's sucking up most of your time? Do you have to be doing all of that? Is there a way that we could share the load across this mm. before you hire? Because once you hire someone, you're in, you're in deep with them. Like it's mm. not the easiest thing in the world to let someone go in New Zealand. And you don't really want to either. You want mm. to be in it for the long haul with these people. So don't take that too lightly. It's a pretty serious thing, getting someone to be a part of your team. And yeah, treat it like that. Make it sure, make sure they've known about the brand. They've been following you for a little while. In a sense, they understand where this is going. They see yeah. the full picture, but make sure the financials are there. Stress test who you've got working for you at the moment and make sure that they're finally ready to expand. Amazing advice. What do you think makes a successful work environment? Oh, bants. 
Bence? <laughs> probably not me. Um, <laughs> like, to be honest, I think I'm probably the biggest distraction in our office and my team often tell me that. Um, so when I'm not there, I feel like they're most productive. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I think that is a big part of the reason why we do have such amazing people work for us is because we do create an environment where they can pretty much be like, Kennedy, go downstairs, I need to focus. And mm. so I've given them that bit of excitement, that bit of love for the day that's allowed them to be like, look, I just need to focus now. Mm -hmm. They're all incredibly driven. They've all jumped on board like with a click of a hat, like pretty much just ready to go when we're when we're ready to accept them in because they see the vision and they see the, the end goal. And I think that's a cool part about what we do at Glass Elephant is we're – we're just that we're a glass elephant we're the transparent elephant in the room pretty mm. much we want to tell all our clients all our team members what's happening and what the goal is at all times and it makes everyone feel quite i guess secure and safe in in that work environment and so i feel like to create a really positive one is to create a really transparent one everyone knows where we're heading what the end goal is yeah and that makes everyone motivated in those really really tough pits when you know a client's on your back at 9 p.m on a thursday and you need yeah. to make a deadline and all those moments it's like they're definitely tough and i have to feel for my team in those moments but at the same time they see the vision and they know yeah. why they're there totally for people wanting to like get their foot in the door something that like a, there was kind of maybe four or five questions not having the confidence to bring their ideas forward seems to be like quite a big theme. And I mean, I notice that even from what I do, people yeah. always say, how do you have the confidence to share your work? Or how, how do you have the gusto to go and do this? And kind of combining that with, do you have any tips for people who want to do what you do or are trying to get their foot in the door in business? That is a hard question, actually, because I hate to say some people have it and some people don't because I truly I believe that mean. if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. Like if yeah, you, hard if you work meets talent. Absolutely. Manifest, manifest that shit. Like mm -hmm. be, just tell yourself I every mean. single day. Like I've like, again, I wasn't completely into star signs and spirituality, but I do believe in intent. And if you're, mm. I think what I grew up with was this environment where my parents and my family was always pushing me and always getting me there. And so technically we were manifesting this. Like yeah. we knew this was going to happen yes. from a very young age. Even I'd, vision holding. Yeah, is exactly. A, yeah. As part it's of manifestation. hundred percent. And so I didn't really realize that. I thought it was all like sitting down and, and hovering over a crystal. I do that too. I know you do babe, yeah, And yeah, I'm yeah. here for it. But I love, <laughs> love hovering over a crystal on my spare time. <laughs> um, so I was, yeah, I was definitely like a little bit like, hold on a minute. If I take a good look inside, this is what I've been doing this whole time. I've mm. been planning this. This is, like this isn't something I just switched on now so biggest piece of advice there is to like Manifest. really really be like Im imagine that this is where it's going to end up mm. like have that end goal in mind see we need to get there and then every day when shit gets tough you remember where you're going um that's obviously a lot easier said than done creative confidence is something that we try to teach at Glass Elephant and Collab well me in particular with a lot of my creative team mm. um it's a hard thing to do mm. like your creative work is you're like being at times like your person like you've put a lot of love heart soul into that piece and sometimes it can be shed on mm. um especially in the industry that we're in marketing's fast paced and if it's not good enough yes. it has to be cut and sometimes that's really hard to do so creative confidence in the world that i'm in is really really essential mm. um people always hype up my photos and hype up the stuff that i do and i'm like i really appreciate that like all my team do that like, oh yeah but it's not your work and i'm like you only say that because it's it's my work. It's not actually any better than your guys' work. Mm. It's just that I've got the creative confidence to be like, guys, go look at my stuff. And you're all like, yeah, cool. Yeah. And so it's honestly, like I, I can hand on heart say, it's usually not that much better. And if anything, they've got more technical skill than me. I've taught myself everything. You know, a lot yeah. of these people came from actual courses and they've learned and they know um, what they're talking about. I, I'm bullshitting my way through this mm. too, guys. Um, so I think having that confidence, I know, like I said, easier said than done, yeah. but focusing on it every single day, working on that, submit your stuff forward, post it on social media. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big Huge. lesson that I had to have, like talking on my stories and talking about the work that I have, getting, I guess, what is outside validation can really help build your confidence in the sense of, wait, it's not just me that likes these photos. Mm. A lot of people do. And then it gives you the confidence to go and submit that work to someone. Now I would submit my work to almost anyone. I still get nervous about it, but I'd submit it because why the fuck not? Yeah. Versus I'm still trying to get some people there, you know? And mm. I think it's not an easy road, but creative confidence is something that we talk about a lot. And I think it's, if you can focus on it, like really work at it, you'll get there. But if you're not ready to work on it, you won't. 
Absolutely. It's, it's interesting, like, even with writing. Yeah, I can imagine. I think so many people are like, oh, how'd you put a book out? How'd you put a book out? Because it's elements of, like, completely sharing your soul. Oh, a lot. Which I try to not focus on. And when I think about that more softer emotional side, I throw that into my writing. And so when you're talking about presenting your ideas, it kind of reminds me of rejection. I don't give a fuck about rejection. Hard. You want to reject me, it doesn't impact my self-worth. I Which is why you can do place. that, right? Exactly. So if anyone's listening who wants to do a book, or you can apply it to anything. You've got to have your creative hat, and then you've got to have your business hat. Massively. And you've got to know when to change hats. Yep, 100%. And if you can't do that, in my opinion, you will possibly never make it. Yep. Because if you're just creative, you will never have the like, unless you've got that creative con- confidence. But that's not no, but, no, but it's, it's, it's You've got to have the balls to fucking share the stuff. Creative confidence is another way to put your business hat on, absolutely. So like, yeah. you've got to have your balls to share your stuff and be willing to, I guess, doesn't mean you've got to um, change, but to take constructive criticism i was about to say you've got to take the good and the bad from that 100 percent. like there's mm. obviously moments that you don't have to change what you do because someone else said so especially if you're a balls to the wall creative and you know what's good mm. do that but mm. taking uh, constructive criticism is probably one of the biggest points in my life that's that's kind of fast tracked what i can do yes. i can take it now like yep. you can lay it on me thick and i'm either willing to change or not willing to change but yep. you've, I'm, I'm happy to take it versus before yeah, it, it, it crushes you a little bit, right? And mm. I can imagine that being so hard with writing, like mm. putting something out there that is technically your heart and soul, right? Whereas I can manipulate what I do a little bit in a sense mm. of I can make things look a certain way or make things be a certain way that sometimes it makes it a little bit easier. Mm. Your stuff is pretty raw, pretty real. It's interesting though, because like whilst I definitely throughout the years have figured out my target market and who's predominantly buying these books and like learning to see it from switching customers from social media over across to a website, how to get to them do, to, yeah. it's very hard to do. It's a complete skill set that I didn't realize I even had, yeah. but in a weird way, the, I don't know if you feel like this or if this is good business advice, but I just think about what I want. Yep. Like, what would I like to read? What would I like to buy? What would I like on well, your, my nightstand? Your nightstowns? target consumer is you, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, no, it, that, that makes a lot of sense. And right? that probably gives you that creative confidence because then you're like, okay, yeah. sweet, well, I'm, I'm set. It doesn't actually matter per se. And, and that's anything that I put out on my uh, socials mm. is completely that. Yes, I'm same. Not, I'm not doing it for anyone, anyone else. else. It's just what all. I like. It's just what I like. I know, and I know what works. And I definitely um, make things look a certain way because I know that it's going to get more engagement, but that's because I like doing that. Same. I love cracking the code. I love Same. hacking the system, figuring out how the algorithm works, figuring out what's going to perform better. That's for me. It's not for anyone else. Mm. I love that everyone's there to support me. Don't get mm. me wrong. Wouldn't be there without them, but I'm doing it for me. No, totally. Yeah. Like love that they're there to support me, but every time I've tried to outsource and thought what do they want to read what's going to get the likes what's going to get the shares it was that is when I kind of tanked for a minute because and I had to pull myself together it's cool that you did pull yourself together totally hard thing to do after that but I was like why why is this suddenly not why does this not feel as good you almost went to business hat right yeah you yeah, lost totally. like, the creative side of Cass, which is like the reason it's there. Yeah. And like the realistic side of it is like, I can't spell for shit. I didn't oh God, study neither. this at uni. I have no idea how any of this works. And I just literally had the balls to start sharing it, which sounds very similar to your story. Yeah. It's balls. So our, our life lesson here is balls. Our life lesson is balls. Um, my uncle, such a cool business story. He didn't study at all. Like he didn't go to college. I think he didn't even do like year 11 at school. And he ended up being like the CFO of Nokia for Europe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my kind of guy. Yeah. Love that. That's and, like, so cool. Cr- crushed it to the stage. How this good day. is it, like, just faking it till you make it? Yeah. And then he I'm sold so it, but it was, like, it. at the top. Oh. He had shares. It was crazy, crazy, crazy story. That's so rad. I love yeah. that. Um, moving on a little bit. So, a lot of people basically asked you for, like, financial tips. Um, they A lot of people didn't specify, but I feel like that's going to be around personal finance, business finance, anything. Do you have any financial tips and tricks for us? Totally. I guess uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm the best at financials. Heaven forbid I have a clothing problem. Um, <laughs> thank God for Instagram for that. Otherwise, bank account would be dry. Um, no. So yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I'm the best at it. I have a great partner who we mentioned earlier before, Oliver, who is a lot tighter mm. on the financials than I am. Same, I, I suck. I, I'm, I suck at it. I'm but just creative ideas. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, and I spend <laughs> those creative ideas. Um, but I, I got a really cool piece of advice from um, the OG mentor that I mentioned before, Victor, uh, Victor Green. And he said... Um, early days when he was like buying himself a motorbike or something. I was like, shit, man, like you're, you're killing it. And he's like, I'm not killing it. But every time I do something like this, it just encourages me to make more because like I put myself into a situation where I need to, because I keep, keep, I guess, keep buying. And that's not amazing financial advice, but what it really did is it triggered me. I was like, okay, so like 
I can take this ridiculously cool trip over to Coachella and do all this because you know what? I can't afford it right now, but it's going to really motivate me to pay for this. <laughs> and it did. And I, I took on all these influencer jobs and there I did what go. I needed to do to get there. And so I don't know, having that goal or having that expenditure in mind, I was always really motivated by that. And so I am money motivated. Mm, I definitely, it's not my be all end all. I'm not going to pretend like it's what measures success, but I definitely am. And I think a lot of people lie about not being money motivated. I it, so agree. It makes the world I, go round. Yeah, I'm so money motivated. Can't I'm buy so happiness, but it can it. buy a Ferrari, right? Like, yeah. And pretty I'm much bloody the same thing. Ferrari, <laughs> baby. <laughs> no, so I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like that's obviously the, the key to life. But yeah. what it does do is financial freedom, I think, is a good way to describe it. It allows you to do more and be more. And what I really want to do in life is reinvest back into business. Business is a passion of mine. And I have a goal to buy at the age of 26 that I want to be able to have enough money to reinvest into smaller startups like the mm. same way that I got that same opportunity to have mm. I think it's really cool. cool I love that and I'd love being able to spend my money in a way that's going to make me money later on as well mm. because I've got the confidence in the fact that I should be able to help these people so that's kind of a goal in mind and I guess that's my financial advice is always having a set goal or having mm. a set thing in mind like when we went by the house um, that Oliver and I purchased together. I was about to say, you're a homeowner. Yeah, I'm a home homeowner. And that was a big pivot because of COVID. Uh, yeah. That was our big Coachella trip, really. That's what we're now living in. Wow. Um, so we'd saved up for a, a wee while to get there. And when we were three weeks out, when lockdown, lockdown got um, announced and had to pivot pretty quickly, saw that the housing market was kind of at a standstill because mm. no one else was looking at it houses. And I was like, perfect. All right, great opportunity. Let's just pivot. Yeah. Um, interest rates were really low. And yeah, we threw everything we had into getting a house and a decent deposit on that. And I'm really super grateful that we did it because now I've got this next thing to work towards, you know, like, okay, cool. Does my money now go into making this house a bit better? Do I start looking for the next investment? Do I mm. it, Buying these things and moving forward with these goals always encourages me to make more next. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. That's good advice. And that's my, that is my financial advice is have that, that thing to yeah. look forward to. Baby, I've been to Coachella. It's not that good. <laughs> not as good as a house? Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to go. Like, yeah, I, no, I no, definitely go, am still going to tick it off. Go, but uh, I mean, out of all the festivals I've been to, I think that was one of the most disappointing. Really? Yeah, overhyped day. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you go for the music. Yeah. But I don't think people realize when I say that you go for the music. It's a big ass, dusty field. It's f a desert. It is so hot. There is limited food, limited water, limited, sh limited shade. Sounds it's a like two hour walk vibes. in. Yeah. So it's not like Lux Coachella. All influence, but you, yeah. the, you are you're there in the hot with a cup of Red Bulls, like that's Kanye West, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, he's there. Actually, no, you're right. I did see you, and I saw that you were um, watching Kanye West. Yeah, so I was very yeah. jealous. That's, go for that. Um, do you have any experience and insight into attracting investors? Oh, and like, did you have an investor? Um, I did um the only company that i originally had to get investment for was the whitening coat because yeah. if you start an agency you can kind of do that off the back of what you have and then when i would got a new client i got the next thing so right. i didn't need to i didn't really need any seed funding for that i um or capital sorry i purposely saved up what i needed like to buy a computer to buy a better camera mm. kind of thing um but for the whitening coat, i needed money um to bring any product into the country is very expensive mm. um i'm sure you can imagine with books yes. uh, and things like that creating something is is definitely expensive and so my first investor was my dad Aww. i submitted him a business proposal and i went through the actual terms and, cool. and kind of and did it properly because he's a he's a good business person and he knows not to waste his money pretty much so i had to, I had to take it really seriously um yeah and he gave me my first little kick up the bum and a good little investment into the whitening coat. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And I, I'll say it, he, so he gave me 15 grand um, and we needed about 60 um, to cool. start it. So we needed a lot more than that, but I was willing to put in that at that time. I was yeah. still really young and there was a couple of others in the company that could help fund the rest of it. So we all put our, our sums together and then we got that, whatever money we put in, we got that equity stake mm. pretty much what, on what we needed. So I have a, yeah, a, a smaller stake then, but I bought more over mm. the over the years of the whitening coat, and so now I have a, a bit of a bigger stake in it because it is my baby, mm. um, and it is my passion. So I definitely brought more later on. But the investment part was was tough. Like I definitely know that it's one of those parts in business that really does slow people down, because um, yeah, it can be really challenging if you don't know where to go or what to like or what you even need. It is a really really tough situation because sometimes you can have all that creative confidence and all that drive but no capital to get started. Mm. Um, the best piece of advice I can give is to network. It does sound yeah. cheesy because it is really hard to do, but just going to events, going yeah. to pl 
places, talk putting myself out everyone. there. Talk to everywhere. You have it, no yeah. idea who's going to come through. Hard it out. is the weirdest little it, Absolutely. Every, every Sometimes I go to events and I'd end up meeting like CFOs and CEOs. Yeah. And, and it was just things like that. And like putting myself on The Apprentice. Like I met people that now have a lot of money because totally. of that. And like all these new people in my life I've now got quite a few around me that if I did need to go okay I need some seed funding um, I'll just look to these people and ask them first and a lot of them are going to be pretty keen because they mm. know your personality they've got mm. to know you rather than just being like hey who wants to give me money it's a lot a lot of it is a personality thing very true yeah like well it's hard because a lot of people do just go well I've got a business who wants to give me money yeah that's not what it's all about that would like, be nice <laughs> oh, whatever <laughs> but like personality people all of that comes into play massively and trust mm. and so um, yeah, that's definitely my biggest piece of advice is get out there, start talking to people in the industry yeah. and, and just network. You never know who you're going to meet. And it could be that person that's willing to just, I guess, take a look at your business plan, have a good business plan as well. Mm. Condense, not long, anything over 15 pages. No one's going to read. Oh, that's long. Oh, business, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. But anything over like 15 pages, if you're going to go into everything like financials true, and true, stuff, true, true, true. if you can condense it into one pager, we call those one pages and just to really like sell the dream in that one page. Amazing. Um, but anything over 15, you're going to lose people. Like definitely mm. have your story condensed. And if you can't, it's probably not good enough business. Mm, there we go, people. Um, I'm really interested to, you've talked about it slightly, but how social media has played a role in everything you've done and Huge if role. you um yeah attribute some of your success to it how you found yourself kind of doing it yeah i'd attribute all the, almost all of my success to it well um i really like social media mm. uh, contradictory is that right to popular belief i don't know if it's contradictory i think people are starting what i like to say on it is it's not social media it's how you engage with it oh you're speaking my language that's yeah. just what i was going to say so i i use social media in a ridiculously positive way yes don't get me wrong i've all, we've all had our moments on it following the people that just don't need to follow or you know self-deprecating kind of stuff but if you can use it in an educational inspirational motivational way my god it is one of the most powerful tools out there it Amen. probably is the most powerful tool out Amen. there so I use it in that way. I find all my creative inspiration on it. I follow business people. I follow product designers, brand kings. I sit there and I watch these people on Instagram stories if I'm ever like taking a break from work. And then I go, what am I doing? Like mm. this person's just inspired me to drop my phone and go back to work again because that's how much I get from social media. So when I started it, I didn't know what I was doing, didn't have a niche, didn't really figure that out or whatever. And I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces of advice is try figure that out earlier on because I hate when someone asks how to be an influencer. That's mm. not a goal. Figure out what you want to talk about, promote, share with the world, and then you will have people that will follow Figure that story. Figure out who you are. Figure out who you are. Even if it's a 1,000 followers, God, be stoked that those people are willing to listen to what you need to hear about. Totally. It's not about number. It's about what you're willing to share. So now on my Instagram, I'm definitely like pivoting towards a bit more business stuff, a bit more mm. like not self-help, but a bit more like in this direction of, hold on, I have learned a bit. Why not share it? Like instead yes. of just pretending like life is all me posing in Helen Stein's pants, you know, like yep. it's not just about that. So it definitely started like that. And don't get me wrong, I'm super thankful that it did because I managed to gain a few followers and definitely kept that going in a sense of I really focus on follower first. I'm one of those people that didn't ever think that I was too good to reply, to, not to reply to anyone. Um, I was a young buck once who looked up to a lot of people on Instagram and when I would message them and they wouldn't reply, it would always crush me. I was like, especially people that I really looked up to, you know, mm. probably like I can understand now why they didn't, <laughs> but like it would always really hurt. And so I like kind of made a bit of a pact to myself. I know it's not going to be the easiest thing to do all the time, um, but to really, you know, connect with people that make it there for a reason. Mm. Um, and yeah, with that came the success. I built Collab off the back of that. All the clients that I approached to like, I guess, do their work for. I had no other experience other than saying, hey, look what I've done for myself. I yeah. can do this for you. Yeah. And it worked. Um, so that was the start of Collab. Whitening Co. was built off sales from my Instagram to start with. Like that's mm. how we did it. Um, and then pretty quickly, the rest of the brand deals and the communications that I have get like almost validated by the social media, which isn't, again, the most amazing thing in the world. I'm not saying it should be the only thing, but it helps back a lot of what I do like mm. oh okay hold on he's not just talking out his ass he's totally. clearly done something right previously and so yeah that's how that worked and I kind of owe it to all those people that are there following me hence why I spend so much time you know working with them and communicating with them mm. 
Amen. No, I feel the exact you same. You do, yeah. Way. I can tell. You're, you yeah. and your followers connect so well. It's crazy. I really have always considered myself like small but mighty. Like I know that I've always had like the real engagement because I do care and I've Some tried strong to be, engagement you have too. Yeah, tried to be like always authentic and that's why I love this podcast. I feel like it. it's another tool from social media which puts like personality behind even yourself, like myself. Yeah, you can't see it all through face. Instagram, right? Yeah, exactly. But you can stream it into so many other things, even like the rise of TikTok. I, I think social media is really cool. So I like to hear that. Do you, um, I mean, I, I, I kind of know the answer to this, but some a couple of people wanted to know the main difference between running a social media account for a personality like yourself versus a product. Hugely different. Yeah. And I had to learn that the hard way because like I said, I got my clients from showing them what I could do. Yeah. And then I tried and to use those like, same oh, techniques and it just didn't not work. work. It did not work. <laughs> and I think my biggest piece of advice for that is worth the follow is what I call it. And I've done that since like pretty early on in CoLab because I quickly realized it wasn't going to take off if we didn't. Um, you're never going to follow a teeth whitening brand or a sock brand or a hair care brand if they're just talking about the hair care brand. Like, it's boring. We get mm. it. Like, maybe if you're really inspired by that brand or they're doing really well, but if they're starting out, you're not going to. And so make your page, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, social, TikTok, worth the follow. And I think that's why TikTok works so well at the moment is you know, whether it's because it's laughing, crying, or just experiencing something, because it's short, sharp, and it grabs your attention, you are making that page worth a follow. You're giving the audience something. Mm. The thing with Instagram is that because it's all static and it has been for quite a while, it's slowly shifting um, with reels and things like that, which is a really cool shift. And I can see Instagram really trying to hum that. that. They're pushing that. So actually, that's a good little piece of algorithm advice. If, if you want to, yeah. If you want to grow on Instagram at the moment, one Real. IGTV a week minimum and. <sighs> Like, if you can do two reels a day, that would be the optimum. Outrageous. I know. I could never do it, but that's what Instagram wants. So, two reels a day? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You don't have to post them all on your feed, though, remember. So they can be, like, kind of sitting in the background. No but, way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a really good tip. So, so reels are a key, and it's going to be the biggest success. It's the only place currently on Instagram where you can yeah. find people organically like how you used to. Mm. If you jump onto a reel and then you swipe up, you now are seeing someone that you don't follow. Wow. Other, other than the explore page. That's the only time that you're going to experience wow. that and see that kind of algorithm working. And so it's very powerful, ridiculously powerful. I wish I could harness it more. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's up to people how much budget they want to spend. But if you use the pay to promote feature, I notice a massive jump in my engagement for 100%. anyone wanting to get themselves out there. If you're pushing yourself out there and you know who you're targeting, it's going to change slightly with this iOS 14 update on, on how well these can be targeted. But don't get me wrong. Absolutely. If you're, if you're promoting something with yeah. that brand or whatever, definitely put some budget behind it if you feel like it's worth it um yeah and make that page worth the follow it's all very good and well putting money behind a post and then they jump onto your page and they will jump off pretty quickly and that's almost like wasted dollars right I, that's like a bounce rate you don't want that to be too high you want them to kind of go on there and to be engrossed with what's happening mm. um a big part of that is like i said reels stories video stuff that people can really communicate with mm. but then just making your page worth the follow the whitening code transformed when i learned that because i was posting black, sleek, clean, beautiful people. That was my imagery because that's yeah. my style. I love it. It's my creative juices flowing, mm. but it just didn't get everyone's attention because not everyone's like that. When I started posting people and funny dog photos and Kendall Jenner smiling or smirking at someone and like these, yeah. the style that makes people be like, you know, like White Fox Boutique, these big, big brands, like these yeah. huge brands, high smile, all of that. They post things that people want to communicate and engage with on social media. And that's a lot of the time it's humor. Um, and so we took that angle for the whitening coat and it really worked. You made mm. your page a page that people will follow whether they're going to buy the product or not because it's worth the follow. That's amazing advice. Yeah, I love, I that, love that. That's, yeah. And segueing off of that, use every feature, guys. If yes. you're trying, go live. Lives, lives, yeah. I, know I wish I, I could do, do it more. <laughs> I don't want to do it, dude. It's so, it's so scary, eh? And we're sitting here on a bloody podcast and saying that's scary. But um, I know. I know. It's, it's so crazy. What? But no, it's really important. Lives, like, you get. Lives, Instagram will target a fair few of your followers and send them a notification that you're going live. Oh, like, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? I like, get those all the day. Blah, blah's going live. How I'm crazy is that? It's like Instagram this, is mate. pushing you out there to your whole audience, whereas it does not do I'm that I'm going to go live posts. tonight. Do what it. What am I going to do? Hard out. We should talk on live. <laughs> 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 not on, okay, guys. <laughs> I, we're just going to continue <laughs> the podcast and just going to go into a live. But like I could have done that. You know, I could do a podcast on live. 100%. That's a well, it's an amazing idea. Maybe I'm glad that we're taking this advice. Next week, I have you on live. Yeah, hard up. Um, okay, we're going to jump into some Q and A questions. Yeah, let's do it. You're in the hot seat. Ooh, fire round. Uh, okay, Kennedy, I'm wondering what your biggest business mistake is and what it taught you. Love you on the show. 
thanks. My biggest business mistake was I got fired from my own company. Um, what? When, I know. I got How fired from Colab when I what? was. Yeah, I know. Did you not know that? Yeah, yeah, it's it's slowly it's slowly coming out, and it's it's the reason I'm talking about it as well. It's because it's a really cool part of my story. I think that at the time it sucked. Mm. I was fired by my business mentor and business partner Brad um, for lack of integrity, and that's why it's so important to me. Um, I was full of sincerity, and there's nothing wrong with that in this world. And he really preaches that, like you can be a smiley guy, get away with a lot, like it's all good, like we're cheeky, it's fun, and that's a great way to go through life, sure. But without integrity is you aren't going to it's pretty much for the easiest way to say it is just do what you say you're going to do mm. so having integrity is if you're going to say you if you say you're going to do something do it mm. and i didn't have that i was really good at just being like cool yep sounds good happy as and then just not do that thing that that person needed me to do yeah these were really little not little but these were really little things that led up to that and it just it made brad lose confidence in me and confidence in the company. And so he, yeah, I was away, I was away on business in Fiji and I got an email, um, pretty away much saying. Away on business in Fiji. Iconic sentence. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was shooting for spring break. So well, it's iconic though. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, great. Yeah. It makes me sound way yeah. cooler than I am. Um, and I got an email saying that I was, uh, fired from a company and pretty much at the end of the email, which was a hectic email, it's, um, he had CC'd in his PA and she'd said to start looking for a replacement. Like it was a, it was a real thing. And my world shattered. I was like, oh crap i've actually really cooked the goose on this one whereas previously i was like i'm sweet you know i'm I'm set i'm the boss it's fine i can do whatever i want it's not like that integrity is really important and so biggest piece of business advice is learn integrity have accountability all of the above you will become a way better business person and a way better person overall if Mm. you can live life with integrity think about when someone asks you to do something or when you say you're going to do something think about are you going to do it Mm. are you going to do it in the time frame that you said so if not let the person know Mm. The world will change. Yeah, the world the will absolutely out. change. Yeah. Exactly. Just tell them. And, tell it's, them. and it's usually all good. Um, and that was yeah, that was the biggest lesson I had to learn the really hard way. Mm. But I managed to grovel back in and I got Brad back on my side and I got my company back. Wow, what an incredible story. Um, there we go. Kennedy, how do you deal with clients that have minimal budget? I've been trying to expand uh. my business and coming up against this issue. I feel like it's 400, 4,000 or 40,000 and no in between. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, oh, when you find the answer, can you let me know? Because yeah, I'm still, yeah. I'm still dealing with it. Um, yeah, I guess I love those memes that go around, and it's like client budget versus client expectation. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that is uh, nothing sung more true for any creative. I feel like we've all had that um, little stick figure drawing that needs to be done and turned into like a multi-million dollar production. Full Netflix show. Yeah, yeah, hard. And and you can do it for two hundred bucks, right? Free models. Um, so I. My piece of advice there, again, is that transparency thing. The amount of times that I wanted the gig or wanted the job because I wanted it, knowing full well deep down that I probably couldn't fulfill it to the level that they wanted Mm. was a lot. Like I took on so much. And it's kind of mean on your team as well like because you are then – expecting them to do that because you've signed the deal that you said that you totally can do that. Totally, you're signing other people up yeah, for it. Yeah, for, for it. And, and then that loses their creative confidence as well. So just being really upfront and being like, hey, if you want this, I love putting decisions like this back onto the client. It's my favorite thing that I've learned. So like, it's that transparency thing. It's, hey, if you want this level, it's going to cost you this much. However, if you want to do it with your budget, we can make this level. Decisions up, decisions up to you. Come to us with either of those, nothing yeah. in between. That's your decision. The second you can have more confidence to do stuff like that, you'll empower yourself, your business, and your employees to do better because now you've like, okay, well, we've actually got the budget to make this film or we didn't take the job on because you're just going to take the job on and then lead to the client being angry at you, which is going to be negative for your business. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yes, I feel this one in yeah, myself. It's hard, eh? It is hard. Uh, hi, Kennedy. I am wondering, do you find any stigma around being so young and high up in business? Definitely. Um, that was actually one of my big things to work on with my mentors was around my age. I always kind of um, used it as an excuse, I guess. I was kind of like, or like people would treat me like the kid, but that was only because I was like, not acting like the kid, but like allowing them to treat me like that kind of thing. The second that you have that, puff your chest up a little bit more like you're really good at this actually Mm -hmm. um in a sense of you ooze the energy that could be like a boss woman in her 30s but yeah but you're but you're here now and that's that whole manifestation of where you need to be totally kind of thing like you know it's a nice compliment no it's it's true you can see it and so it's like knowing where you want to be as a creative director as that boss guy that i talked about earlier in was quickly learning okay 
he doesn't act like a kid. And, and, and the second that you don't act like it, you won't get treated like it. So yes, I definitely have had that in business, but I do believe it came from myself. Like I think that I led people to kind of think that mm. and use it as an excuse or like using it as a way out. But the second I started making big calls at big board tables, it was kind of like didn't really matter who you, or what age you were. It was like, oh, he came to play. You hold yourself to a certain standard or you like I do loads of visualization around my higher self kind of like you were saying around who I'd want to be in 10 years 20 years coming back to that piece of advice about plans and goals and yeah. breaking those down to smaller goals I know where I'm going in the long term in 10 years I love that you use goal instead of dream as well all about that oh like, yeah I do, I, it's not even a question for me I know Amen. I know where I'm gonna go it's it's a goal it has a timeline and I will get there it's not about when or if and you can bring that energy from 10 years, 20 years, from the billionaire self, whatever it is. You can feel like that now. You don't need the tangible thing to feel 100%. and speak and act and carry yourself with that. Yeah. And I think that is such a key to age is just age. Like, weird example. Look at Billie Eilish. How successful was she at 17? I watch her in, like, Vanity Fair interviews, and she inspires me. You know Crazy what I mean? Eh? How cool was that? And for a minute there, when you're, sorry, when you're listening to her, you... Don't, you just don't think about her age. Or if you do, it's a positive thing. You're like, wow, yeah. she's inspiring me at 17. Yeah. Oh, time to pick up your time act. Time to pick up your act. Yeah. But that's great. I think if the less you lead with that, it's because it, you can come across as like an insecurity. The less you're that's Kennedy, exactly who's 19, yeah. starting the collab, and the more you're just Kennedy. Yep. It's like, yeah, there we go. Um, when you're hiring, is education or work experience more important to you? <sighs> For me, it's never been education. Um, and whether that's the right or wrong thing, <clears throat> I'm not completely sure. But I I really hire off people. Definitely experience helps. Don't get me wrong. And as the company grows, I'm starting to realize that more and more. Like it is handier to grow quicker if you have that person that has had that experience in that industry. I definitely base a lot of what I look for in an employee or a teammate or a work or a business partner based off experience in workplace environments mm. versus education, primarily because I didn't get educated or study what I did and I know and I believe and I back myself. And so that kind of separates that for me. But with that being said, the people that have had their education and that backing definitely um, can shine. Yeah. They really, really know. And so I've never been against education. I think that a lot of the places I am, uh, sorry, a lot of where I am today is based on the fact that I learned a lot and I was getting educated from day dot, right? I had an amazing family to do so. I went to a great school, all of that. So to, to say that education isn't important is wrong, um, mm. but you can educate yourself. I don't specifically mean uni, uni or anything like that. Mm. Um, I almost think that you are educating yourself if you're putting work experience in. And mm. that's what I'd base the person off. It's their person, their personality. I was going to say option C, personality is what yeah. I would say. Oh man, it's probably the biggest thing that I hired a lot of people on. <laughs> Again, whether that was the right or wrong thing, no, I think um, that's, looking back, yeah. it's definitely, you can develop a person massively. Mm. And as long as they're willing to put the effort in and you can read that from their personality, you're sweet. Amen. Um... This is quite a good question. Ooh. I'm wondering, after watching the show, do you find it hard to switch off business mode or is that something that just is kind of ingrained in you? After watching the show? Yeah, they, they, they must have been inspired from watching the show because I guess... Oh, right. But I so think cool. you could apply that to, yeah, yeah. So to yeah, anything. To real, to real world situations. Yeah. To answer that question is definitely yes. Um, a big part of what my amazing relationship with Oliver has taught me is to slow down. Mm. Um, I'm actually going to go and get a little tattoo. Um, and that says slow on my hand. Aww. I wrote it down a lot on The Apprentice because I speak really fast. If you haven't already noticed that, podcasters, um, I am actually, <laughs> this is me trying to be slow. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. Hectic. So I mean, you don't speak too like crazy fast. I follow you. But you're definitely ideas thinking going. Yeah, passionate. You're not like... Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely not like yeah. laid back kind of vibes. And so, yeah, slowing down and I guess that, that smell on the roses kind of vibe has definitely increased my level of, um, what's the word? I think just well, well-being, I guess. Like I always, always was on and I thought that if you weren't always on, you weren't a successful, high performer, number one, that kind of person. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that that's so not true. Mm. Like, are you kidding me? You can be a high performing, partier, 
stoner, whatever you need to be. Like you, you can, you know, you can totally do it as long as you set their own, you set your own boundaries. Like it's mm. all up to you. So I'm a big believer in, I guess, mo- definitely work hard. I'm not saying don't work hard. And if I would to sit there and say that I'd be lying because I definitely know that I hustle probably too much sometimes, but having a person in my life, like Oliver has allowed me to be like, he's like, I just cooked you dinner. You're going to come and eat with mm. me. Whereas sometimes I wouldn't stop. Right. And so that's really made me be like, amazing. I stopped for dinner. It didn't change the world. The company didn't fall over. But mm. what I did gain from that is a lot more than what I would have sat down sitting at work. Mm. So yeah, slowing down and smelling the roses was probably the biggest little life lesson learned. And the way I did that was, yeah, surrounding myself with people that allowed me to see that it wasn't just about that. At the end of the day, you can't be buried with your millions. Yeah, very true. Great advice. This has been such an incredible episode. I think it's been so inspiring to everyone who's tuned in and it's also been really inspiring for myself. Same, um, it's given me you. lots of ideas. Um, what can we expect from you? Where can we find you if anyone wants to check you out? And are you working on anything super exciting that you want to yeah. promo or share? I've got a few projects in the pipeline. Sadly, a few things are under wraps at yep. the moment. That whole big thing's coming. <laughs> um, but no, it is really cool. Hey, look, if you guys can support the show, um, that's really, really important to me and it's a huge cool opportunity for everyone involved not just myself um and for for little nz to kind of have these cool entrepreneurs breaking through i'm really all about that so yeah support the show watch watch it see it through and see who ends up on top it's definitely going to be a really cool series to watch if you guys want to speak to me or message me directly or have any questions i'm always all ears over at kennedy nz so that's my instagram handle at kennedy nz um and then my businesses are collab glass elephant and the whining co Beautiful. Thank you for being on. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Sass with Cass. This has been such a fun episode. Thanks for having me, babe. I will see, well, you will hear from me, listeners, in about two weeks. Thank you so much for being on, Ken. Thanks, Cass. It was fun. fun. Bye. See you, see ya.